Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Season 4, Episode 8 starts now. Happy Wednesday. I'm BD, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Good morning. We got Aaron Perrine. What's up, everybody? We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got a chonky boy today, don't we? We got a lot to discuss on this episode. We're going to start with the X-Men 97 trailer, some things we saw, some things we think and then we got a big report from THR this morning. I don't know if you have steered clear of the internet and managed to not read this article, but I read the whole thing. We all read the whole thing, and we're going to talk about the whole thing. There's quite a bit of MCU madness going on, but it seems like the retooling, as they're calling it, is underway. And then we've got even more. I mean, there's just the, the Silk update. We've got all kinds of stuff. Morbius on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Well, that's the whole story. I just spoiled one of the last <laughs> news stories for you there at the end. There's more to it than that, so we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but we're going to start with X-Men 97, shall we? Yeah. I think we have the trailer here, the trailer released last week. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Everybody listened to our Madam Web interviews, our Madam Web reviews, uh, and now the moment you've all been waiting for, X-Men 97 trailer reaction. Awesome trailer. But uh, Jenna, you're, you're at the top of the screen. Anything you want to start off by talking about with this trailer? I, I think it's so great. This, like, as someone who watched the original series countless times and rewatched it a couple of years ago, like, it's just so crazy to be back and the way that they are at, like ushering in this new era while still acknowledging the previous series is just great. I will talk about like the specific Easter eggs, but this is just so fun. This is exactly what I would have wanted to sell everyone on the series. Jamie, what you think? Oh, I'm so hyped. As you know, I've been rewatching it and it's just been a joy of an experience. And I think I'm going to line up real good with my finishing right into this. And it's just this, I, I just seeing this is just brings my heart so much joy. It just looks so good. They just knew exactly what they were doing and they knew exactly what people wanted. And that's pretty amazing. Aaron, how are you feeling? Uh, while the expectations are through the roof, I feel like a majority of the fan base is really, really on board, which is a, a massive win considering how much everybody freaking loves X-Men animated series. So the fact that we're even at the point where, where it's not like universal distress at the trailer signifies that something has gone very, very right. It it seems like they're just doing everything like I don't want to say safely because safely is usually associated with being boring, but it does just seem like they made all the right choices to do it safely. Like the animation looks great. They got the cast back, the nostalgia, that poster. Fantastic. Uh, and the idea now that uh, Magneto's in there saying he inherited everything of Charles. Ooh wee. But here's the thing. If you read that EW report, 
well, never been on the show. Friend of comicbook.com, Ross Marquand, is the voice of Professor X now. I love Ross. Ross is super talented. Ross has been doing voices on Invincible. He played Aaron on The Walking Dead. He does. If you've never watched, I've uh, got on YouTube and Google or YouTube searched uh, Ross Marquand impressions. He is phenomenal. He actually had a TV show on a channel called Pop TV just doing impressions, and it was pretty dang funny. Uh, I love Ross. Great person. Very, very talented individual. And he's the voice of Professor X now. So in some form or fashion, we're going to get Professor X back in here with Ross as the voice. Uh, on me, my X-Men. That, that was cool. That was a cool moment to end it. Uh, Gambit riding Wolverine's back I thought was awesome. Powering up his claws. Uh, there's also the first thing, cause you know me, I'm always Easter egg hunter. I can't watch these things without my magnifying glass. The daily bugle is in there in the trailer and it's got the confirmation of Spider-Man and Ed and Eddie Brock's existence in this world, which isn't new. Like there have been plenty of non X-Men Marvel characters that show up in X-Men, the animated series, but whether or not Spider-Man is going to show up, I wouldn't be shocked if Spider-Man does show up in this series on Disney Plus because D Disney can do whatever they want with Spider-Man in animation. We've seen that in What If already. So I, there is no precedent set to make us think he can't show up in X-Men '97. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of Easter eggs. Do you want to run through those? Sure. I will also say the bugle, if I remember correctly, doesn't include the hyphen in Spider-Man, which is just wild to see. Like, I know that's an intentional nod on their part, but it's just so weird to read it without the hyphen. Um, but yeah, the Hellfire Gala is also teased on that bugle cover, which like if that happens at any point in this season, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be so happy. Jamie just also made a face indicating that she's going to feel the same way. <laughs> Show the me the fashion. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the uh, the original series is how much they're like changing clothes because you don't see that a lot in animation. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted an excuse to be like, let's get them looking pretty. All the action figures you could make on that. Yeah, that's the Marvel way right there. That's what drove <laughs> that's what drove Marvel in the first place was the action yep. figures. Oh, man. Uh, Hellfire Gala. We got there's a there's a I, I saw this in a new Rockstars video. The Friends of uh, Humanity has a sign in the background of one of these shots. Uh, so the haters are still out there. The X Men mutant haters are still out there in the in the world. See if they're going to play a part. Uh, it's the discourse around this trailer because like it's been almost a week since this came out so obviously the discourse has evolved in the time since we've gotten to talk about it but the the people who are like oh the x-men are woke now because morph oh, is in this show and uh, is presented as non-binary i i politely suggest that you read like any x-men comic ever because you will realize that that has been the case for the team for a very very long time <laughs> I just like it's such a stupid argument that I just try to ignore it and not amplify the fact that people are saying stupid shit like that because it's just like it. Yes, that is the whole X Men at their core is. It's it's gotta be. I I just like can't in my heart believe people are that stupid. Like it's gotta be like people who just want attention. Uh, like if, like I just don't understand how you cannot know a single thing about the X-Men and then get on the internet and have strong opinions like that about the X-Men. Like it's, it, it, I just have to believe it's, it's, it's for that kind of faux outrage that they want people to pay attention to them about. Yeah. yeah that's why I try not to even give it to them. Like whatever. <laughs> you want to be stupid, good, we still whatever. This, this freeze frame here, I feel like this could, is, could this be the Hellfire Gala? That definitely looks like it because fireworks and the big spectacle are always a huge part of it on Krakoa. So if they're not even doing it on Krakoa, I don't know exactly where this is, but like that, that looks like it could be that event. I thought it might be. Uh, Jean is pregnant in the trailer. 
Which baby is she having? Cable. You think so? It's, it's Cable. I, I literally, I bought the Madeline Pryor Funko Pop that they have for the show. And all of the merch that is related to her is like, oh, she's holding baby Cable. Like, I think the Marvel Legends figure mm. says like with baby Cable. So oh, he, okay. he's always first. So it makes sense. I don't know. And we've seen him in the original series, if I remember correctly. So we're kind of, you know, going full circle and having him be born. So. Yeah. And then what was this last one? Who added this last bit here? So at the very end of the trailer, when they're all confronting Magneto and they're all in their workout gear, uh, a lot of their outfits are pulled directly from a scene in Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's X-Men number four from the 1990s. They already did a basketball scene that was kind of homaging that scene in the original series. But this seems like there's going to be some sort of rematch with like a lot more people involved. So we're going to get them all in workout gear, playing basketball and kind of like teasing each other about it. So that'll be fun. I think the show is going to be a lot of fun. Do we know the release style of this yet? Is it just one a week? I don't know. Oh, I is hope so. Said, Bo said on Twitter, I mean on Instagram, uh, more on that soon. So we'll okay. know soon. Interesting. Okay, so March 20th, which is right around the corner, it's a month away, uh, is when X-Men 97 is going to premiere on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we'll see how they release the episodes, whether it's weekly, whether it's daily, whether it's three at a time, four, whatever. Do we even know how many episodes it is? I don't know. If we do, I don't. So, so. but yeah, lot, still some still some stuff to learn about this. We'll see in the near future. X-Men 97 is right around the corner. We are going to be all over it on, on phase zero. We're going to be having a good time. If it is a March 20th, I believe is a Tuesday, right? Let me check. I think we might just... That is a Wednesday. No, it's, oh, it's, it's a, Wednesday. a Wednesday. We'll yeah. look at that. So then we'll just do the second half of our Wednesday shows. We'll just be X-Men 97 discussions. So that's fun. We've been doing some bonus episodes. But I want to thank everybody for the support because on Monday we r- rolled out our SJ Clarkson interview and everybody knows how we felt about Madam Webb, but also everybody knows how we felt about how awesome SJ Clarkson was uh, as, as a interview, the director of Madam Webb. She was an awesome interview and the feedback on that, the comment section on YouTube was really fun for the most part, pretty positive people trying to just have a good time with our interview. Uh, uh, the week, two days, three days before that we had our Madam Webb review last week was such a busy week. We had Deadpool three, we had Madam Webb spoiler free. Like we had five episodes last week. So thank you so much for listening to those. We, uh, we, we wouldn't be doing those if you weren't listening to them. So it means a lot that you're out here having a good time with us. So now's a great opportunity to subscribe to the channel. Cause when you come back, this is, this is what uh, I think a lot of people are here for today. We love doing a Wednesday show right after a big old news dump. So we got some chunky stuff coming at you. THR dropped that Marvel retooling story. We dissected it. We looked at all the highlights. We have everything you need to know about it and our thoughts on it coming at you in just a moment. So subscribe, leave a five-star review, play our show for your mom, play it for your dog, and we'll see you in a moment. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
quarterback to phase zero. We're talking about the THI report that dropped this morning, talking about Marvel retooling. They're not rebooting. They're not even soft rebooting. They're retooling, uh, which that's not news. We've kind of all known that. We've assumed that it's been kind of obvious that they are only releasing Deadpool 3 this year as an opportunity to retool, to fix things up, because obviously, whether you love it or you hate it, and you know we want to love it all, and we've been a little bit divided, sometimes middle of the road on some of the projects recently, the numbers in the box office, the numbers in review scores, the numbers in audience scores are showing that the magic and the stranglehold the MCU had on audiences and people's wallets in the Infinity Saga is a bit looser than it was uh, up until 2019, now in 2024. So Avengers 5 is what kicked this off, is the big takeaway here. It is now really firmly being reported that it is not going to be called Avengers the Kang Dynasty. We've talked about this a bunch. We all assumed that this would, may not all, but a lot of us, most of us assumed this was going to be what happened ever since the, they said maybe they're just going to, they were calling it Avengers 5 behind the scenes. But then there was the Coleman Domingo news. And I was instantly back in. And I know a lot of us got excited again. So now I feel like, guys, are you just dangling this fruit in front of me? Like the Rock at WrestleMania, and then you make us hate it. So we want Cody back. And then they give us Cody. And then we're all like, but we want the Rock. Okay, sorry. I know you know I got to go to the wrestling terms. Thank you, Aaron, for getting it. Thank you, one person. So how are we feeling about this whole minimizing slash, as it was worded, potentially, possibly, entirely excising Kang? Now, at this point, now that we've had time to to, to let it marinate, now that it's cooked, what do we think? Jenny, you're at the top. <laughs> I just want to say that I feel very vindicated. I already tweeted about this, but as somebody who kind of was the first person on this show suggesting like it's probably not going to be called King Dynasty, they're probably going to retitle it. I, I, I'm i glad that this is now as set in stone as it can be in lieu of like Kevin Feige literally coming out and saying it. So I, I agree with you. I think when Coleman was a possibility, that definitely sounded intriguing and I wouldn't have absolutely said no if that if he ended up replacing him and just they carried Kang forward from there. But I think either way, minimizing him because they said that it might happen it might have happened anyway because of how quantum media performed so mm -hmm. i get the decision on multiple levels and i do think that this is a good call and as we have said ad nauseum on the show loki season two provided a perfect way to do that and just move on mm -hmm. jamie what are you thinking uh yeah I'm, I'm all for this uh coleman would have been a good a cool, exciting choice, but like also he just got nominated for an Oscar. I feel like he's doing other things. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was just like, that's all a little too much right now. Uh, I'm very here for literally whatever they decide, anything else. You know that I'm hoping for Young Avengers, but I don't think that's what this will be, but I, I'm allowed to hope for that. <laughs> all right, here we go. Aaron, what are you thinking? <laughs> Well, I just know that if people who follow my career, I, I come from sports and the problem with firing GMs, the problem with firing coaches, the problem with changing course to dramatic visions. When you blast out a management team is what's the plan now? Then you have what, two and a half years to give me a big bad for a movie or you could retread. You could do that, I suppose, but you got to have a plan. And I don't think I'm just going to tell you, I know people don't want to hear it. Two years is not enough for Dr. Doom. So you got to do something else. Well, that, that, gotta do that's, something else. that's when maybe like an Ultron type story comes into place. Right. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like that might be it. I mean, you're, you're buds with Josh Brolin. Maybe you get Josh <laughs> Brolin back here for the bag. I don't know. 
I have no idea. Some of you have seen that clip on comicbook.com and on the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, Josh Brolin not realizing how many times he's been killed until BD brings it to his attention. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you're going to do for, for that. That, that. I would not envy that position. Like, rewriting movies is hard, despite what anybody would have you, you think. So, well, you, whatever it is, has to be good. That's all. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be a really tough act to pull off in a satisfying way. And for that reason, I mean, I know th- this year is a D23 year, which means a lot of people assume Marvel Studios probably won't go to Comic-Con. But I'll say this. Comic-Con is five months away now. Away. If they Comic-Con is the place to win that favor. Comic-Con mm-hmm. is the place to announce the changes. If you do it at D23... D23 is awesome. Jamie was there and it really has the Comic-Con energy in Hall H is just different. There is like, there's just no way to describe it unless you've been there. It's a reason why everybody who hasn't been there wants to be there. And I would argue that most people, if they were given the choice, if you could go to the Hall H panel for Marvel Studios or you go to the D23 presentation, most people would probably pick Hall H as a fan. So if they're going to go up there and they're going to say, listen, we're changing things up. We're doing this. We're doing this. Thank you so much to Brandon Davis for being our moderator on this Hall H panel in 2024. (laughs) You're welcome, Kevin. I'm available. Uh, I think that that's the place to do it because you'll have the energy. You will automatically. Here's here. Let me uh, not to make another. Go ahead, Aaron. I I was going to say there's no way they let James Gunn bring out freaking David Corn Sweat as freaking Superman and do not yep. respond. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, DC I, Studios no will, DC Studios is absolutely doing something at San Diego. So I feel like there is no way that yep. Marvel is not going to also try he to do something. Also it is it's Deadpool 3's opening weekend that weekend absolutely. so like they have the potential to do something absolutely bananas that like even exceeds our expectations. Here's what I you think they should James Gunn try Alan Richardson out here as Batman without doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I'll never forget the first Comic Con I went to for work. I think maybe this was when I was a fan. I, I'm still a fan, but I, I don't know. It was 2014, 2015, 2016. One of those years, uh, they had the 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 uh, a, a Star Wars panel, but it was kind of like it wasn't very exciting. The panel was just okay, but then they had a Star Wars concert, and everybody in Hall H got to go to the Star Wars concert, and they got a free lightsaber. And poor Kevin Smith had the next panel in Hall H. <laughs> But everybody left. But here's what you could do. You could show Deadpool 3 to the to Hall H. You could show Deadpool 3 at that same place where they sh- where they did the Star Wars concert. You can have a premiere for Deadpool at Comic-Con. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think Ryan Reynolds tends to have premieres in New York and stuff. But uh, it's which one's going to win, Marvel or Ryan? Who knows? Uh, are they going to have a big Hollywood San Diego thing? Are they going to do New York? I will see. But that's besides the point. I think Comic-Con this year has an opportunity to have like this could be a year where we're like Comic-Con is back type thing because it has felt like San Diego. They had to deal with the actor strike. They had to deal with the pandemic. They've had the cards stacked against them. And now Warner Brothers and Disney can send DC and Marvel and have the biggest Saturday Comic-Con has seen in uh, what feels like a lifetime at this point. Uh, And also not sorry to make another wrestling comparison, but it is like The Rock every time he shows up at SmackDown, the ratings are higher. When The Rock came out to challenge Roman Reigns, they're like, this is the biggest WrestleMania of all time. That's what that's, but that's the equivalent. Everybody who watches wrestling understands what I'm saying. That That's the equivalent. You have the biggest names, put them all at one. Man, that's the place to do it. Do it live on, in front of people. Uh, but anyway, I think that this is all going to be 
I also think a Comic-Con Blade's going to get a new release date, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, the Fantastic Four got a new writer, Eric Pearson, who has been on the show. It was a great interview way back, you know, back in the first season of Phase Zero, right? That was 2021. Yep. He wrote Black Widow, also wrote Thor Ragnarok. He has been hired to script polish uh, the, the Fantastic Four script. I'm cool with that. I like Eric Paris and I, I, I'm a, I liked Black Widow a lot. I thought Black Widow was a lot of fun, except for the bombastic falling out of the sky <laughs> stuff. But I, I, other than that, I thought Black Widow was a fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Also, maybe it was like the first Marvel movie in a while, so it had extra love for me. But I really enjoyed Black Widow more than I think most people did. Uh, how are we feeling about Eric Paris and touching up uh, Fantastic Four? I feel like Jamie I mean, has to go first as the resident he, Black Widow lover. <laughs> You know I'm into it because I like obviously I'm also a Ragnarok lover and but so like mm -hmm. the, if when you're giving me the writer of those two movies which are very different and that's a good sign those movies like I'm sure if you were to tell like a random person on the street who has seen each of these movies maybe once that the same person helped write those they'd be like oh that's very surprising so I think that that's a good indication of a good writer and uh, I'm a hundred percent here for it. I agree. I think like he's kind of built this reputation of, as someone in the chat pointed out, of like of just being a script doctor, of like coming in and helping these movies get over the finish line and be polished up in the way that they need. And it's like now that we have the cast set, I'm sure that the script has gone through countless evolutions, depending on who may or may not have starred in the movie. But now that that's set, I'm sure Eric is helping like find fine tune it and kind of find the voice for it. So I'm on board. Anything to get the movie done. <laughs> Anything to yeah. get the movie done, man. It's got to be done before it can be released. So much stuff has happened. And I see the funny things. Also, I feel like this would have been met with more clamor about three years ago because that's when everybody it was it was sacrilege to be like, "Oh, Thor Ragnarok is not one of the best four movies that this franchise is." That was still everybody's favorite. He was involved. Black Widow. Jamie carries the banner for that, and it is fun. I think after watching Madam Web, go back and rewatch Black Widow. I think you'll feel differently. I think you'll feel differently. So I, I'm excited to hear anything. Brandon is losing it, man. <laughs> Madam Web is just a it's it's transcended being a movie. It's something else now. It's an experience. The Marvels last night. I was like, oh, I'm going to put this on for the fourth time. And like, literally, I was like, wow, I already love the Marvels, but in a post Madam <laughs> Web world, it is a whole masterpiece. <laughs> like, wow. I was like, I, I apologize to Darben. I, 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 I'm sorry I said she wasn't a good villain. I retract it. Uh, and, uh, Madam Web has just changed, refreshed my eyeballs, changed me in every way possible. <laughs> I had. If, for, if anybody, anybody listening doesn't know, I had a wrestling match this weekend and there is people in the crowd. They, there's this group of people who go to this wrestling event and they're called the anti-Colby Colby League because Colby's one of the popular guys on this show. And one of those guys, when I was in the ring, yelled, BD, he was trolling me. BD is the Madam Web of wrestlers. And I almost popped. I was like, man, Madam Web has become something. a burn. Yeah. I, was, I, I almost did the Deadpool. I was almost like, Good one. That was, really, that was a good one. Like <laughs> I was like, that was that was a good one. Uh Madam Web has become something else. Fantastic Four is what Marvel Studios, they want it to be the complete opposite of Madam Web. <laughs> According to this report, they really are looking for uh Fantastic Four to like the, I don't know if this is opinion by the writer at THR mm -hmm. or insights, you know, but it could be both. But 
so they need they're looking for characters that are going to carry the franchise now that they've lost Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. That was such a long time ago. They've introduced so many characters. It's hard to believe they haven't figured out who that's going to be yet. But I think it's clear they haven't figured out who that's going to be yet, considering Shang-Chi hasn't gotten a sequel. Black Widow, you know, Yelena showed up one or two more times. She's going to be in Thunderbolts. There just isn't that clear character, that clear cut. Like Captain America and Iron Man were undeniably the faces of the MCU in the early stages. And Thor, I'd say, was right there, Spider-Man. But they just haven't established anyone yet. So Fantastic Four it seems to be who they're hoping can be that, you know, carry that torch in a big way going forward. But we, we got to get there first. We got to get there. Uh, Thunderbolt's got a new writer. Joanna Callow uh, worked on The Bear, another show I have to watch, but I've watched a little bit of it enough to know that I do think it's really good. And I've watched the awards shows enough to know that other people think it's really, really good. Uh, according to a source who has read previous drafts of the script. This feels like maybe a spoiler, but also I think this might just be a synopsis making the movie just like Suicide Squad. This is what the report said. It centers on villains and anti-heroes going on a mission that was supposed to end with their deaths. So I feel like that might be more of a synopsis like relating this to the Suicide Squad than like, a, oh, all the characters in this movie were going to die. They're not killing off Yelena Belova in Thunderbolts. Come on. That's not happening. Or maybe it is, but I don't think so. I agree. I think like I we I think often about the Eternals alternate ending of how it was supposed to just end with them all like ostensibly dying and rebooting and how that was even too dark of a note for them to end on. So I don't think there's any version of Thunderbolts that was going to completely kill off the entire team. But this does kind of point out the Suicide Squad comparisons, which I had had in the back of my mind since the movie had gotten announced and since the roster had gotten announced. So mm-hmm. they're very much going for a Suicide Squad-esque sort of situation, which is interesting because Thunderbolts both is and isn't that in the comics. Like it feels like an oversimplification simplification but it it at least helps sell the movie to general audiences and i I wouldn't maybe now unlikely but maybe thunderbolts is rated r maybe thunderbolts is rated you think about it people who were 10 years old when ghost was introduced in ant-man and the wasp they're 46 now so (laughs) thunderbolts could possibly cater to the more adult audience uh, but I'd be surprised if that was the case. I'd be more surprised if that was the case. That also requires we're... Ghost to be in the movie, which isn't even a guarantee, as we've debated on the show like half a dozen times. I don't know that I need to see Alexi just explode in the boys' style violence. <laughs> I, 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 I think that that might be more likely than you think, BD. Well, I'm based on the, the Deadpool trailer, the Deadpool trailer, the the other adult things that have that have popped echo the the people loving on De- uh, daredevil that might be more in the cards than uh we think we'll see i i guarantee you this they'll if they go through script revision or like reshoots and deadpool does the billion we all think it will do they'll be more willing to listen speaking of reshoots Speaking of reshoots, Agatha has a quote-unquote sunny outlook <laughs> uh, because the reshoots on Agatha, apparently they, re- they account for five days of reshoots. Agatha only needed one, so that has prompted optimism. I know who to turn to for this one. Is it me? Hello. Yeah. Um, did that work? The- I couldn't look at you. It actually did work. Um, my thing about reshoots is that whether they're a bunch of days or one day, that doesn't really concern me either way i don't think that i think that there's like a negative connotation 
like associated with reshoots and I, that I don't think is really necessary uh, because that could mean anything. It could be, it could just mean like certain coverage, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, this story sucked. So we got to change it. Uh, sometimes it does, but that's not what it always means, but it doesn't matter because I'm excited. <laughs> One reshoot day, 50 reshoot days, not going to change my mind about what's going on here. Uh, sunny outlook. Great. Don't really know if that means sunny outlook as like a, vibe or sunny outlook as like what people think i'm not but internally that's what they think yeah okay it, it sounded like like, like in the company they're happy that yeah. like okay the, the production's going as well as it is which is like really great to hear because i know even echo almost had a similar sort of rumor mill of like oh is this production taking too long is is there too much creative stuff going on and whatever and it ended up being really good and really well received so i think agatha having a good outlook this far out is definitely promising also, Ironheart, they noted in that report, has been finished filming and just is in, indefinitely delayed, has no release date. Nobody knows when it's coming. And that is because they're slowing down releases dramatically. Echo and Agatha, the only live action shows releasing this year. Ironheart, who knows when it's coming. Also, Blade, supposed to be in 2025, but they noted in that report that, yes, Bob Iger did not name Blade while naming the 2024 movies. He also didn't name Thunderbolts in that same sentence. But... uh that if the and this is another one of those that is this an opinion or like assumption or is it insights? I'm not sure, but they were basing on the fact that Bob Iger is saying we're slowing down the rollout for Marvel titles. That they that as a result of that they're not going to release four movies in 2025 because it would be Cap Four, Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four, and Blade. I could see Blade getting pushed. I could see Blade never happening at this point. <laughs> I mean, I think Blade's going to happen, but you know, I, I just don't know where they're going to set all, fit all this stuff because they clearly need to get to an Avengers movie. They need to start getting to Secret Wars if they want to do Avengers vs X Men. Everybody's not getting any younger, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, what do we think? You think okay? Over under, real quick. Let's wrap this up, and then we'll take a quick break for to end this this THR report part of the show before we get to the rest of the news because there's still a lot. Blade, do we think it will release in 2025 or nah? Jamie, you're at the top of the screen. As sad as it makes me, I don't think so. 2025 is next year. Uh, we're in 2024, if you guys didn't know. So I, my hopes aren't super high, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Jenna Anderson, what are you thinking about Blade in 2025? Stranger things have happened, so I I wouldn't put it past them to somehow get the movie out in 2025, but I also would not be surprised if it gets pushed to early 2026 or so forth from there. I also feel like they might have the cushion to where if they need to delay Fantastic Four again, they can give it the November, October date that Blade already had. So I think that they're configuring all of that right now, but I, I'm not expecting it in 2025. All right. And the prophet, Aaron Perrine, what do you think? Are we going to get Blade in the year of 2025? I think so, because the budget is a lot smaller than these, and you're talking about an executive that just rushed a Moana, Moana sequel out of thin air that was not supposed to hit the theater and now is coming out in November. <laughs> like, if things are not looking good or things are weird with the projections for the fall, come on. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why people do this. I don't know. He just did that. That was two weeks ago. I know a lot's happened. Like, BD's had a concussion. Like, <laughs> like there's been five different Marvel Studios things announced. But, like, he literally just did that. Like, I don't know. It seems silly to me. 
I would hope that you would be able to get out a vampire movie if you start filming this year, but maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see for late 2025. I just don't know if they're going to finish Blade in time. And even if they finish Blade in time, because they want to slow the rollout of these films, I think not only would it be beneficial to Blade to take more time to finish it, but also to the Marvel franchise to push it a bit and not crowd the year with four films because of what we've seen uh, happen with that. What it did, like we've seen that four films in a year can be too much for the audiences. So I would not be shocked if they end up pushing blade to 2026, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We got a lot more to talk about. We got Nick cage is in the Marvel news world. Whoa. Jamie's excited. We got uh silk. We got a little bit. We got, we got, we got, we got stuff. We're going to take a quick one minute break. Subscribe to the channel. We'll see you in a moment. A lot more to talk about. Phase zero. Someone in the comments during the break said uh, Blade is going to end up being a 40-minute special presentation on Disney+. Plus." Now, there ain't no chance that happens, but you think about those special presentations. Where is Werewolf by Night? <laughs> Goodness gracious, there's a lot of questions about these characters that have been introduced. There's just so much going on. Anyway, uh, we got some news. Jamie, what you got? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, according to the anchor, Nick Cage is in talks to return for live action Spider-Man Noir series. Um, as Jenna said on the internet, she texted me so fast. And then I was like, is this a reliable source? I don't know. And Jenna said it, it's a pretty reliable source. So listen, who else can do it? Can't like, like, look that who else can do, be this man? Nobody, nobody can be this man. So I hope it's true. Um the, the a Spider-Man Noir show is going to be awesome. Like, I, I, even if it's not him, I think that it'll be great. But if it is him, it's probably going to be the greatest thing ever made in the history of the universe. So, what wow. do you guys think? Is it going to be made by Sony? <laughs> oh, well, maybe. Because <laughs> then it would be Spider-Man Noir, but it would only be Noir. There would be, there would be no Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm I'm so tired of these movies not having Spider-Man in them. But but teasing us as if they do. Anyway, no, I think this is cool. I think it's cool. You think it's in black and white? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. It has to be. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with Jamie. I think conceptually this show could have been cool regardless if it gets off the ground. But if Nick Cage is actually attached and is like doing television to be in this project, like that has me super intrigued. And I feel like that helps sell the show also to general wider audiences because it's just, do you want to watch Nick Cage in a neo-noir? Like, I don't think people would say no to that. I have one request. Someone go fire Robert Rodriguez. Hit him in the head. Hit him in his little his little hat, and and make it look like that. Thank you. You literally pulled you the thought out of my brain, Aaron. I was like, make it look like Sin City. You totally mm. yes. Mm-mm-mm. So no word on when, where, how that's going to happen, but the report is Nick Cage live action Spidey Noir possible. Jenna, what you got? So also in the Inkler report, because the Nick Cage thing was kind of an addendum to this larger report, which was about the Silk Spider Society TV show. And it said that the show is being creatively retooled. Um, The writer's room has been disbanded outside of Angela Kang, who is the showrunner and one co-executive producer. Several episodes were written before the strikes, but then they didn't immediately resume the writer's room once the strikes were over. And the WGA, we talked about this on the show at the time, threatened to sue Amazon for not restarting the writer's room. And so now instead they've let most of the staff go, apparently. And apparently the creative retooling of the show is trying to focus it to be a little bit more male-oriented and like skewed towards a male viewer, kind of like your Reacher and your Jack Ryan types of shows, which 
I do not think is a good idea. I think it's cool in theory to put Cindy Moon into some kind of like Reacher-esque spy show. But I still think at the end of the day, she is a teenage girl. You should kind of let the show reflect that. And Amazon has success with shows for teenage girls. So I think that this is interesting, but it could be a misfire. What do you guys think? Just what we need. More shows catered to men. Thank you so much, Amazon. A brilliant idea. You're so good at what you do. We love you for it. Thanks a lot. That's all I have to say. Uh, Rip freebie one time. Yeah. One time. Uh, And uh, also, don't know if that's the way you want to go with a Silk series. I mean, the comics storyline behind Silk is already enough of like a landmine field, which Jenna Mm -hmm. can attest to already. Yes. Why make it harder on yourself? I don't know why you would do that, but you know, this is the Sony Spider-Man extended universe of characters we're talking about. And literally anything can happen. It can give it, they can take away. It can make Jamie very, very happy and then make her very, very sad in equal measure. You know? Mm. I feel like it's very, uh, it's it's quite common in, in the recent years for us to talk about things just, being made for all audiences, not just male skewing audiences or even audiences that don't really incorporate, um, like they don't cater to a male skewing audience. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, it, it's still okay to make stuff that is catering to men and a male skewing audience in the comic book world. But Silk is a weird place to do that. Like that, this is a weird place to, to like, it's a weird character to be like, all right, hey, we want to uh, bring in the 18 to 45 year old male demographic for the teenage girl thing. That's, that's the that makes this a weird choice. So you just set off an alarm somewhere. <laughs> I love Angela Kang though. Like I love, mm-hmm. I, I think Angela Kang is an incredibly talented uh, writer and showrunner. She did such a good job with The Walking Dead, and she's just a very good person. So hopefully this one lands. Who knows? This is another one that like when I hear about these Spider Man shows and stuff like that going to Amazon, I'm like, well, let's see if this even happens. Because nothing like this has happened yet. We have not seen anything like this in any Marvel live action show, not on Disney Plus since the Netflix era. So we'll we'll wait and see um, uh, on, on this whether this even happens. Uh, one more piece of news here. A couple more pieces of news. Well, let's actually stick to the Sony stuff, and then we'll get to that other piece. More pieces going to Disney Plus, March first. Okay. Uh, also. <laughs> Sony is overseeing Disney's physical media releases going forward. The Disney, what is it? The Disney the something club. What's it called? It's shutting down. Whatever Disney Movie word. Club, I think. Disney Movie Club is shutting down. Yeah. I wasn't a subscriber, but the Disney Movie Club is shutting down. Um, it already it had already shut down in a couple countries. But I think that maybe there's some 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 dealings happening with Sony and Disney behind the scenes. Uh, because like we just said, Morbius is going to Disney Plus. Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, other Spider-Man movies are already on Disney Plus. Sony doesn't have a streaming service. So I feel like as physical media dies, unfortunately, Disney probably said, you know what? We can throw them this bone. I really feel like that's how Disney looked at it. They're like, we can let them have that as long as they're willing to keep playing ball with us and let us keep putting, you know, Spider-Man movies and other, maybe, maybe other Sony titles on Disney Plus. Maybe they'll start doing stuff on Hulu. Who knows? Uh, but it seems like these these studios clearly both saw the the, ga- the gain enough to take the deal and agree to the other you know the benefit and the, the other team's benefit. So it's interesting though that Sony is going to be distributing Disney's physical media more than Morbius going to Disney Plus. In my opinion, I'm just happy that physical media is being made. 
I don't care who's making it. Yeah. I'm just glad it's existing because uh, it's just it's just a medium that I don't want to die. <laughs> I desperately, desperately don't want it to die. Uh, if mm. you're watching this, I I don't need to say any further. So <laughs> we need to get we need to get box sets of Phase Zero for people. Yeah, yeah. I will say, as someone who, as a kid, I've joked about this online and on the show before. As a kid, my biggest fear was the Disney Vault because I I didn't understand what it meant when a movie went into the (laughs) Disney Vault, and it terrified me so much. And so, it's so weird to be out of this era of Disney producing their own physical media. So that alone is weird. But I agree with everyone of just like at least it's getting made and not being completely shut down. Jenna's picturing like Peter Pan trapped inside of like a like get me out of here I'm suffocating that was absolutely what I thought I was like it's just completely gone and it just traumatized me and then as an adult I recognized what it actually was so (laughs) the reaction to this like I saw so many people being negative about Sony distributing the Disney movies on physical media I don't know why like it's not like like sure, we Sony Marvel movies are often not as good as the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Sometimes, they, I mean, they made the Spider-Man trilogy. Like, let's not like sure, Madam Web and Morbius and the Venom movies. Venom made a lot of money, so even then, like you can't even deny that. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know why there's negativity surrounding this. Like, who cares? But speaking of Madam Web, twenty-five point eight million dollars at the domestic box office. It is the worst opening for a Spider-Man spinoff previously held by Morbius. Uh, it's the first Marvel movie to not open at number one at the box office since Fan Forstick. Uh, and honestly, it's right down there in quality, in my opinion. So, how, how is anybody? There was a report I saw that when reviews came out for Madam Web, you like theaters were actually seeing the tickets get canceled. It was yep. making less money and refunding people because of how I thought maybe. Because of the anomaly this created on social media, TikToks with millions of views, just talking about Madam Web, that people would be like, I have to see this for myself. Nah, we're in, we're not in that economy anymore, literally. That's the thing. I feel like people are going to watch this movie. My favorite tweets that I've been seeing all week are like, this is how they go. They're like, Madam Web is the worst movie I've ever seen. It makes no sense. I, 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 I it's, it's, it's nonsensical. I loved it. Like I've seen so many tweets like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm craving a second watch. I'm ready. But it's also, we've talked about this a lot. It comes down to money and I, and people don't want to spend money on a bad movie, even if they want to watch it for, to be a part of the conversation. I, I do agree. I, I saw it twice. Like I saw it again over the weekend and thoroughly enjoyed it the second time. Like I said on the show countless times, I look forward to this being on syndication on cable TV because I will rewatch it every single time that it is on cable TV. But I do think it'll still have a little bit of legs. It's just definitely still disappointing. It, it still is going to open in China, just not for like another, I think like 10 days or so. So there is a chance that that will help boost the box office in some capacity, but it's definitely still not great. I don't, I think it's really interesting. It's not really the, like, I, I'm like, I feel more, I feel better and better. The category two has been just delightful. People just coming around on it because freaking Bob Marley did, what was it? 48 million or something crazy, like something wild here in America. And like, shout out to Kings of Benadir who has like this going on with his <laughs> career the last 12 months, you know? Shout out to that guy. I love his kid so much. But like, it, it, it really comes down to is the movie good or do you just like the actors? I feel like that's where we are. I don't I don't know how else to really parse it because 
Listen, that thing broke a record set by Channing Tatum in a rom-com from 2012. You want to talk about stuff that's, oh, that I can't even apply to current context. What was in the theaters the week The Vow came out? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I wish I had looked it up now beforehand because I'm sure it's like amazing. I'm sure it's like a Zac Efron comedy, dramedy where he has a bunch of friends and like maybe some weird action movie, you know, like the last Mimsy or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But it's it's just been very interesting. I think it really comes down to either the movie is amazing and everybody goes see it. Shout out to dude having a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Can't wait to see that way tidal wave hit everybody. Or people like the people who are in it and you do the best live action Shakespeare adaptation of all time on a movie that everybody was memeing on the internet and said was garbage. So it's all really unmoored from reality and we're starting to see that. Amen. People like Sydney Sweeney. Not enough though. Not enough. Not Not enough for not a web. Not enough when she's only in the movie in a spider suit for 14 seconds. Uh... But yeah, yeah. So Madam Web didn't do well. That's going to be that movie's legacy. I can't wait for Madam Web too. It is crazy that it made less in six days than Morbius made in three days because it it was released early because of Valentine's Day. So it had a longer opening weekend than Mm -hmm. Morbius and still made less than Morbius. I'll tell you right now, if they swapped release dates, I think that wouldn't have been the case. Yep. I think if Madam Web came out when Morbius came out, Morbius would have been the more vicious flop. I yeah. think the tides are turning in every way. One of them being where Marvel movies don't grip people the way they used to. They still clearly have a little bit of a built-in audience, especially Marvel Studios films, but more than a little bit. But I think Morbius was such a misfire that people are catching on to it. And also, I mean, Morbius didn't get bashed. Like Morbius got thrashed, 15% of Rotten Tomatoes. But Madam Web became a meme. And I and in my opinion, Morbius is the better movie. And that's not even saying much. But that's just me. I would argue though, Morbius was a meme though. It was a meme movie. Like they re-released it in theaters because of the it's Morbin time meme. So like that that was still part of the discourse. But I have seen people talk about that in particular and be like, if Madam Web were to get quote unquote re-released, it actually is like more entertaining than Morbius to a certain extent. But yeah. I also I feel like when Craven comes out, we're going to be having a whole new version of this conversation. So, well, do you think Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to do a press tour talking like he hates the movie? <laughs> this whole like the Madam Web press tour did the movie zero favors too. Like, I mean, at least at least with Morbius, Jared Leto seemed excited and was at least like whether he knows comics or not, he at least acted like he wants to cross over with Spider Man and he knows a little bit about Tom Holland and showed interest. You'd ask Dakota Johnson that, and she'd just be like, "I don't know. Do I have to do this again?" That's what her words and expressions and, and tone really said to me as a viewer. That's what I took from it. So, and I think that people felt that way. They were like, she hates this damn movie. That became the meme. I saw a TikTok yesterday. It had 300,000 likes. I don't know how many view it had. It had views it had. 300,000 likes of somebody basically memifying and reenacting Dakota Johnson's interviews of surrounding Madam Webb. That is not your goal on a press tour. And it was, I'm not saying reenacting it in a positive way. They're making jokes about how she seemed to not care, how like she seemed annoyed by her co-stars. Like, and I don't think she really said anything bad on the press tour. I don't expect actors to be like Tom Hiddleston and like obsessed with the character and really, really that thoughtful. That's why Tom Hiddleston stands out. He's the exception. There are a few like him. They're not the rule. But to 
actively just be like, well, what? I did what now? I did what movie? I never watched this movie. Yes, I've watched all my other movies. I never watched this one. It just didn't do the, the press tour did not help this movie. I, I wish the Marvels could have gotten the press time that this freaking yeah. movie got, man. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, God. But it, we live in an unfair universe. Also, I think there might have been some enthusiast overlap between the people who like Bob Marley and people who want to laugh at Morbius, and I'll leave it at that. Um, that might have helped this box office for real because <laughs> you might have been in a mood to laugh. You might have also been in a room to hit the concession stand if you, if you catch my drink. Um, and the there's so much to put that tweet, the Morbin Time tweet that needs to go in the Smithsonian, man. It does. <laughs> like, how did you get th- you got them to do that just based off of that one meme and everybody windmilling it? I, I don't know. I, I just know this when next time we see a movie that's written by them people, we need to get them writers on the show. We need yeah. to get them right. So I need to know what happens. Oh. I need to get some contacts for their agents. I need that kind of representation. I need to, we need to be that bulletproof, BD. Brandon Davis is broken. I'll tell you what, I'll be headlining WrestleMania next year. If I what that that tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell, I'll what. I mean, I hear what you're saying. It makes a lot. I don't get it. Maybe they're listening. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're wonderful people, but damn. We do have a nice interview with them on the red carpet that I believe is available at comicbook.com if you want to watch that. Look at what Matt Webb has done to us. Matt Webb has broken us. I do need to say, when I saw it again over the weekend, as the lights went down and the like opening Sony credits were going, some <laughs> a guy in front of me just loudly whispered to his girlfriend, it's Morbin time. And that just set the mood for the entire experience. It was Morbin so time. great. Oh, sweet Madam Webb. All right. All right. We got an image we got to pull up here for this next segment. It is officially a segment. Thanks to Elliot Comic Art for this image we need a sound to go with it we'll get one next time but uh we have a little a little picture for uh for our next segment where hold on it's coming it's good oh it's time oh, oh, it's time. oh man i've been in the crier <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much ellie this is so delightful like my, my shirt and my hair referencing, and I'm sad I'm gonna make it irrelevant in like probably a month and a half. Uh, we got a new spicy nugget of the week for y'all. Our friend Mark Ruffalo has been talking so much, just so, so very much. He can't stop himself, God bless him. And people keep putting microphones in front of his face. <laughs> and he talked to GQ about what's going on with a Hulk movie. They ask him and he, they, everyone knows he can't answer. He tries to answer and then he steps on a rake. And then we're all like, I love Mark Ruffalo. He said to GQ that I love to do a standalone Hulk and I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It's very expensive if you did a whole movie, which is why they use the Hulk so sparingly. I priced myself out. This follows him innocuously answering a question at Santa Barbara Film Festival about Captain America Brave New World that made us all think he was in the movie and then everyone had to quickly let everybody know that's not going to happen. Please don't come to this movie expecting Mark Ruffalo to turn up, but if he does, (laughs) when do you guys think we see our our charming gentleman again? And do they have the heart to put him in a scene with Jennifer Garner? I'll leave the floor to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a credit scene. I think we see the next time we see Bruce Banner slash Hulk will be in a credit scene, possibly in Cap Four. Uh, but I think they got they're gonna like if if they this retooling is actually going to work, 
they're going to have to start putting these people together. Hulk has been in credit scenes already. I go back to Iron Man 3. Bruce Banner was sitting there. He was the one who Tony Stark was recounting the whole movie to. I, th- I think Hulk shows up in a credit scene and uh, he was in that, you know, Bruce was in that Shang-Chi credit scene as well. So he's one of the Avengers that's connected to a lot of different pieces. He could be really helping string them together. So, but I, I think it, I, I'll say my pick is the Cap 4 credit scene. I agree with that, or maybe even like some part of Thunderbolts, even just as like a small, small supporting role. Mm. But I don't know. I do agree with his point that it it is expensive to make a Hulk movie because as somebody who has spoken to the VFX artist who worked on She-Hulk, like the sheer amount of footage that they had to animate to make She-Hulk happen was a lot across the nine episodes of the show. So I, I totally can see the point that like doing a movie in which he would maybe mostly be in Hulk form would be very expensive and very time consuming. I'd like to revise my answer. I think Ryan Reynolds pulled it off. And I think the first Wolverine moment in Deadpool oh. Wolverine, he'll fight the Hulk. Ooh, the, oh, the woods, God. the woods in the trailer do look a lot like the time that they first met in the comics. So stranger things have happened. That could, that could totally happen. Tell you what comic I'm going to track down for that junket. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. Good luck. Yeah, I know. She, I feel like if uh, Hulk was in, Deadpool 3 then Mark Ruffalo would have said named Deadpool 3 as the next movie when he accidentally when that whole kerfuffle happened like a week ago I feel like if he was in that movie he would have said the words Deadpool 3 out loud at, at some interview at some point already maybe he doesn't even know maybe Hulk is computerized maybe they even tell him okay <laughs> also I just want to shout out that Mark Ruffalo is nominated for his fourth Academy Award this year uh I just love that man and he's so talented. And I just wanted to remind you all that he has been nominated now for four Academy Awards. For those of you playing at home too, Sean Levy definitely directed that man and Ryan Reynolds in a movie like less that than two true. years ago and had them yeah. on, on set together and was putting Hulk and Deadpool stickers on stuff and teasing people on the internet. So, uh, you know. Here's what I need. I need Deadpool to just kill smart Hulk and grab angry Hulk <laughs> out of another universe and bring him back to the MCU. That'll make me happy. I'm here for it. All right. All right. Nice spicy nugget conversation there. Official segment. No pressure on you, but you got to do it every week now. Aaron I know. Has the nugget. Jamie has the recaps and the next recap you're going to hear from Jamie. Perfect segue. Thank you. Is going to be on X2 this Monday because our X, our X-Men marathon, which got punted a week, we have X2 as our rewatch, review, breakdown, discussion, bonus episode coming to you on Monday. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Everybody was asking for it. You're going to get it. We just had to talk to SJ Clarkson first, which was delightful. And thank you for listening to that as well. Jamie, any last words for today's episode of Phase Zero? Oh, yeah. Uh, I encourage you to revisit the Marvels. Uh, if uh, just give it another watch, especially if you've seen Madam Web, I, I'm telling you, it's gonna blow your mind. Uh, if whether or not you loved it or hated it, I really think it's you're gonna change uh, your perspective a little bit. I I echo Jamie's point. Go rewatch the Marvels. I will always advocate for that. Um, it's at Hey Adrenaline on social media, and as always, go read some comics. Amperine. Uh, it's at something like Hornet. And I actually do have something to hawk this week. Uh, I will be hosting a panel at VirtuousCon. It is an online comic convention centered around uh, African-American comic creators. I'm in the Dwayne McDuffie room. Shout out to him. Ooh. Birthday yesterday. Love that guy. After his passing. Man, I love all that stuff. 
But we got a bunch of comics professionals talking about making a living in the industry. I've got uh, David Cronson, Aletha Martinez, who I've met before, she's delightful, TJ Sterling, and Carla Medrano all together talking about making comics, making a living, finding ways to get things acquired or made. So if you've ever wanted to make your own comic book, come on through and hang out. All right, we're at uh, 12.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific and 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Hell yeah. Congratulations in advance. Thank you. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I want to say thank you to everybody who listened. I want to say thank you to everybody who came to the match. There was a phase zero sign in the crowd at my wrestling match, and that Aww. was awesome. I love seeing that. Uh, but enough of that. Thank you so much for listening to phase zero. Play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. We'll be back on Monday for X2. We have a whole plethora of bonus episodes from last week. We hope you listen to. Uh, if there's any other things, any other bonus episodes, any other topics you want to see us talk about, send us your tweets, send us your threads, send us your comments on Instagram. Uh, send us only nice comments. If they're mean, keep them to yourself. Thanks a lot. We'll ignore you. And that's our show. Five-star review. Subscribe it. Play it. I don't know. I think I already said that four times today. See you on Monday for X2. Bye, everybody.